One more praise. Amen. How many, how many of you were with us uh, Wednesday for first Wednesday service? Okay. D- did that work for you? First Wednesday, first Wednesday we, we, instead of having a, kind of a class, we had more of a conversation. And uh, we put a number up on the screen, and people could text in questions, and, and, uh, and we tried to answer them. We got a lot more questions that didn't get answered. And what I'm uh, going to do is uh, every, every service, I'm going to take one of those questions and answer it. Uh, but I, I just I want, to, uh, I want to encourage you that if you're big enough to ask the question, you've got to be big enough to hear the answer. Look at your neighbor and say, Maybe you should slip out. No, no, just, just you know, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. See, I, I think with revelation, with understanding, it just gets easier. You know, I loved the questions about the lighting and, and the sound. Why is, it so, why is it so loud? So that people will sing. Because if they can hear themselves sing, they stop singing. So we, we turn it up so that you can sing your guts out and nobody even knows how bad you are. Okay? But it just draws people in. You know, why is it so dark? Same thing. People will worship if they don't feel intimidated. Okay? Uh, uh, another question, one of the questions that came in, uh, and it went, that's, uh, do you have them right there? Because just make sure that I do this close. Uh, why do you put men on a pedestal at this church, and they have weekly, monthly, and annual events, and women only get two things a year? Now, like I said, you're big enough to ask the question. You better be big enough to get the answer. Okay, because just the you know just just the way I hear that, and that's really hard because I know that the you know the tone, uh, you know that's in that's in my head because you type it in and then I read it because how I hear that is how come you, you know that's how I'm hearing it, and and uh, and you probably didn't do that at all, but uh, I bet you did, okay, and uh, and, and that doesn't bother me, except for the fact that I made sure that we took the offering before I gave the answer, okay. <laughs> Because I'm smart, okay? I'm smart. I, I'm, I'm not a genius, but I'm smart, okay? Now, now here, here's the deal. Uh, uh, real life change occurs in the context of relationships, okay? Uh, I really wish that you could listen to one of my messages and have dynamic spiritual growth. It shocks me that you don't. Just say it. But real life change occurs in the context of relationships, which men suck at. It takes a lot more effort to bring the men to that place than it does to get women there. Okay? Women, it, it just, that, they just float. That's a natural, it's a gift. And guys struggle there. Okay? That's part A. So, uh, we understand that in order to get men and, uh, you know, men need to rise up and leave. You know, it, during the world wars, when men, when, when men went off to war and uh, the women were left here to, uh, to, to work and to support the family, and, and uh, a church shifted to accommodate uh, the ladies and to bring strength and uh, encouragement to the women. But when the, when the men came back for war, the church did not realign with uh, society. And then men, and, and, and in the process, you know, hey, the women stood into, and they stepped into, into roles that they had to stand in, and uh, right down to the decor. I mean, you, you, you would go into a church in my entire life, uh, you know, almost every church we went to, it had red, pink, or navy blue, you know, carpet and pews, and, and there's flowers everywhere, and, and they were, right down to the decor, everything was about women. 
And, uh, and the men, when they got back, you know, they, they looked at that. And they went, well, this is for women and for children. So they dropped their wife and their kids off. And then they went to the bar and had a beer and picked them up when they were done. And in order to, to grab the heart of men and bring them back, we, we have to be very intentional. And we have to go after that. But I want to I encourage you women not to be um, ignorant. Okay, don't, don't be ignorant because a, a, a lot of women are praying that God would work in their men. Then he starts doing it and they complain about the response. And you ought to be very careful because that's the spirit that caused Cain to kill Abel. Because Cain looked at Abel and thought, that's not fair. He's getting what I want. And so he killed Abel, which was his ability to celebrate what God was doing in the life of another. And it wouldn't make any difference if you had seven outings a week. You wouldn't grow spiritually because your motivation is off. The reality is, is that uh, there are opportunities probably every day for women to grow spiritually. Some of them have not been obtained yet because you're waiting for somebody to do something for you instead of stepping into the role to do something for others. You want someone to be friendly to you instead of you being a friend to others. And so uh, there might need to be a little shift there. But why do we put men on a pedestal kind of has a little hint of negativity. And negativity is an outward manifestation of an inward defeat. And so when you're looking at others and how come they're getting that and I'm not, you shouldn't be looking at why they're getting what they're getting. You should be looking at why do I feel this way? Why am I broken? Because I promise you, you, you know, it's, uh, uh, the, the uh, beautiful event uh, that, that we held just a few weeks ago right here for women, was it awesome for you? Uh, I guarantee you this, that we've never invested that kind of cash for a man thing. So I hope you have your big girl panties on. And you realize that, hey, there might be something there that, that I need God to work out in me. Because it's, it's not really, uh, you know, even, e- even, you know, things that are said and done, your, your response is interesting because it shows who you are. Um, you know, when, uh, did I answer that question well? I might should leave it alone because what I'm thinking about saying next, I'm sure would irritate a lot of you. Uh, uh, we have a thing going called Fight Club. I can't believe them men got the Fight Club. Really? It's called Grow Group. We have figured out how to get, you know, currently there's 80-some guys involved in a Grow Group. They broke down. Yeah. Okay. They have, they have, they have assignments. Uh, yeah. Well, then, well, then they're making them do it. 
No, we're training them to be who God's called them to be. And, and, and I need to point out, gentlemen, do not, do not consider the response of others around you because we're not doing it to get a response. We're doing it to build a characteristic in us so that we can be. See, it, it, in the garden, when, when God breathed, into into man and man became a living soul and man became man came to be okay he came to be he didn't come to do he came to be and if you will be who god's called you to be it won't be long till you're doing what god's called you to do because you cannot consistently perform a task that's inconsistent with your character. So as you develop the character to be who God's called you to be, you'll end up doing the activity that God has uh, equipped you and empowered you to do. But you're never doing it to get a result. The result isn't, isn't a, a response even to what you've done. It's a response to what's in them. And so when what's in them comes to the surface, don't back away, gentlemen. Stop doing what God's called you to do because you are just becoming who God's called you to be. And you have to make a decision. Who am I going to be? Who am I going to be? You know, what am I going to do? You know, and, 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 you know, ladies, don't get too upset. I just think it's interesting that, 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 we're, that the men are, are moving that way. And the tendency is, is to push back. Well, let me just tell you, just, just, you know, I'm not an expert here, but I tell you one thing. The number one need of women is security, which means they must be insecure. So when the insecurity manifests, hey, that's a great opportunity for God to begin to bring healing and health and restoration in that area of her life. Don't you freak out and don't you, you know, don't get weird. No, that's what God's doing. He's working on us so that we will be who God's called us to be. But when God's working in you, then the enemy will work against you. And you have to decide, which one am I going to be? Am I going to be the one that's praising the work that's being done in you or complaining about that work? Because if I don't celebrate the work that's being done in you, then I'm in agreement with the one who's working against you. And I can't figure out why anybody would want to be a partner with Satan instead of a helper to God. Next question. Okay, let's not do this. I'm starting to get excited about that. But it kind of ties in. With, 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 with where we are tonight, because here, here's the deal, is that uh, I really want you to understand that, uh, that God is working in you, giving you passion, desire, and power uh, to, to accomplish, man, to, to, to reach the end. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, anybody ever heard that one? You know, and, and ever looked at it in the King James Version? I mean, you look at it. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, and they're thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you an expected end. There, there is a destination. There is a point that God's bringing you to. That, that his, his way of doing life, his way of being right, his way is going to bring you to this position where uh, he has intended you to be. And his thoughts, which represents his purpose and his plan, his plan for you is not, is, is not evil. It's not chaos, but it's, but it's peace. Hello? It, peace. Let me tell you something about peace. Peace is order. Peace, there, there's peace in order. 
you know, I, I, I give the water crew a bad time because they're out there and they're setting up the bottles and they keep them all lined up real straight and they're supposed to. And they get them all lined up straight and they turn them and they get the things just right. And it's really fun to walk up and just twist a few tops. And, and you know, and, and, but what they're doing is, is that they're working together to create an atmosphere of order that's very peaceful. And, and can, can I just tell you something? Uh, and you, you want to get this, that, that, that peace does not just occur. Peace is never random. Chaos is built into the universe. Hello? Chaos. Okay, you got that? Just let your neighbor say chaos is built into the universe. Let's read some Bible and give me a few minutes. I got to hurry. Give me a few minutes and, and let's, see, let's see if we can learn something that might change something so that we could become something that we ain't never been able to be before. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and this is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. And drop down to verse 17, and in verse 17, it says that now, uh, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14, and from David until the carrying away of Babylon are 14, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14, right? Everybody say 14. Okay, 14 plus 14 equals, and 28 plus 14 equals... 42. We have some mathematical geniuses in here. I had to use a calculator myself. But, okay, so you got 42. And just for later, just, just a thought, just something to do something later and check it out. But if you go back and you read it and you count the generations listed, you're going to find that there's 41. Okay, so there's 41 generations listed, but yet he says that, you know, from, uh, you know, from that to this, 14, 14, 14, is 42. It must be new math. You think God doesn't know how to add? You know, I thought the Bible's true. See, right there, there's an error in the Bible. No, there's not an error in the Bible. There's an error in your understanding, right? Because of 1 Peter 2, 9 that says, but you, but, but you, look at somebody say, but you. you, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a weirdo. No, it's a peculiar person. Uh, that you should show forth the praises of him, okay? So, so uh, and, and there's all kinds of really, really cool uh, stuff there that I love to talk about. But in looking at this, uh, you know, and looking back in Matthew 1 and 17, okay, so from, from Abraham unto, you, you know, and it started, well, why? Why in the world? Why did we start with Abraham? Because it seems to me like, you know, we probably should have started with the flood. You know, why, why Abraham? And, and, and why, why not Noah? And, and, and you know, what, what, why? Because this doesn't make sense. You know, it just, uh, you know, is it, is it a coincidence that it started there? It, you know, well, a couple of things that we got to know when we're, when, we're, when, when we're getting into the Word of God, a couple of things you need to know. Uh, the first thing is things don't just happen. Okay, uh, uh, you, you look back over your life and, and you think about it, um, you discover that it's really odd how you ended up at the right time, at the right place, and the right thing happened. It's not easy in the middle, but it's like in order for certain things to occur, you had to be at the right time, at the right place, and somehow you got there. It must be a coincidence. 
No, Jeremiah 29, remember, he said, hey, my plan, my plan is order, not chaos. So there ain't nothing going on that God can't figure out how to get back into order. And he aligns, you know, the steps of a good man are ordered of God. Look at somebody telling my steps are ordered. Uh, you you got to get this. You have to understand there are no coincidences. There's no word in the Hebrew language for coincidence. Okay? It don't happen. And the other thing that, that we need to understand when we're reading the Bible, and this will really help you, is that you have to have an understanding that the Bible is not a recording of stories that happened. But it's a listing, it's a in, it's, it gives information to that which is still happening. See, it, it's, it's not a book that tells what he said. It's a, it, it's a recording of what God is still saying. See, his word, Hebrews 4.12, for, for the word of God is alive. And powerful. See, uh, 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 it's got life. It's like we were saying earlier that you, you read it one day and it's speaking to one part of you. You read it the very next day, it's speaking to a different part of you. You read it another day and it's speaking to another part of you. And, and it's like, good Lord, this one verse has carried me through so many different situations. Give, give me insight and wisdom and revelation to so many things. And, and, and so it's not a coincidence, you know, when, when, when we look at it, especially with, with, with uh, you know, with this understanding, because, you know, without this understanding, you, you, oh, it's just a history book. No, man, that, 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 that's going to that's gonna rip you off. See, you, you got to get this because w- without this understanding, you, you'll, you'll read a story about David and Goliath and how he goes out and kills a giant. You think that's a great story, but it don't help me much. Until you understand that that's not a story about what happened, that's still happening. That when I face things that are bigger than I am, I can reach down and find the rock, which is the word of God, and I can take the enemy out. See, if you read the story about the three Hebrew children that go into a fiery furnace, and it's very, very interesting, but dude, it don't do nothing for me unless you know that, no, because that happened, it's still happening. And so now that when I find myself in the furnace of affliction, the same God who jumped into the fire with them is going to jump into the fire with me. I ain't going to deal with this thing alone, that God's going to be on my side. And all of a sudden, dude, everything begins to change. And so we got to go back and we got to look at this. You know, why did it start with Abraham? Abraham, how come, how come it went there? So you got to understand that. You got to go back and you got to check out Abraham, okay? So you go back to Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1, and it says, So the word of the Lord came to Abram, right? The, the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, get away from your kindred, and, and, and get out of your father's house, and I, I'm going to take you to a place that I will show you. And, and he said, And I will bless you. And I will exalt you, and I will make you great. He said, you know, think about it. I don't make you great. You're going to be a great nation. I'm going to bless you, and by you will all the families of the earth be blessed. I will bless you. I will bless you. What does it mean to be blessed? Position to win or succeed in any given situation. Right? So God's going to position you to win or succeed in any given situation. 
Okay, now, now uh, okay, so I got, I got this thing with Abraham, and, and we're starting here, uh, and we're starting here because, well, Abraham represents the spirit of faith, and the spirit of faith receives a word from God, and it says, okay, it's time, it's time to move, and so we could understand that this way that my faith is taking me someplace. My faith is going to take me someplace, and, and it's going to separate me from something back here. And, and it's really important that when you look at that, you know, if you look at, uh, uh, at, at 12, look at verse 12. Can we back up? Is that possible? If you look at 12, the Lord, now the Lord said to Abram. Okay, it's important. Is it a coincidence? He said, now. Now the Lord said. Well, why now? Well, to understand that, you got to back up a little bit. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's time to back up a little bit. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, you got to back up and to under, understand the now, what's going on now. Well, then you need to understand what was happening at Babel. And to understand what's happening at Babel, you need to back up and understand, okay, the children coming out of the flood. And to understand what was going on with them, then you need to back up and you, and you need to understand what was happening with Noah. And to understand what was happening with Noah, you've got to back up and you've got to understand Cain and Abel. And to understand Cain and Abel, you kind of need to understand what was going on in the garden. And to understand what was going on in the garden, you kind of need to know what was happening at the beginning. I mean, we're only talking about 11, 12 chapters. Well, really, you think about it, you know, you got 11 or 12 chapters and all of a sudden, and, and our minds are blown, you know, because we're reading this thing. We ain't never given no thought or study to the truth we've heard regarding Abraham taking off, right? We just went on with life. And so we might have been missing something. So let, let's just consider this for just a minute. Okay, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the, and, and the earth was with, without form and void. And, and uh, the earth was in chaos, right? The earth was in chaos. And it says that God came down and planted a garden east of Eden. So God came into the chaos and created a space that was in order. He didn't bring the entire world into order. He planted a garden. And he brought it into order. God steps into the chaos and he brings it into order and he puts man in that garden and 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 he tells him uh look at genesis uh, 1 28 and it says and uh god blessed them okay so now now remember god said i will bless you when he's talking to when he's talking to abraham he said i will bless you remember that part i will Bless you. Will you take this for me? It's starting to, to, to like try to sneak away on me, and it's gonna it makes me feel like my clothes are falling off. Shelby's birthday. <laughs> Anything could happen. Okay. Uh, just saying. Okay. So uh, anyway, back to Genesis twenty-eight. Okay. So uh, uh, so God blessed them. Now now remember now, now remember and, and again you got to hang with me for just a minute. Okay. So so uh, uh, I'm going somewhere. I I'm, I'm going to work this thing out. So God's blessed Abraham and, and he said I will bless you and you will be a blessing. All the families will be blessed by you. And here's it's not a coincidence that that uh, uh, God you know said to Adam, I'm going to bless you. Well, uh, 
you got to understand, okay, how does God bless? So uh, it's called the law of first mention when you're studying the Word of God. The law of first mention is if you want to find out how a thing works, you go back to the very first time that thing occurred, and then you study it out, and you find out that as it continues to happen from there, that that must be how that, that particular thing occurs. So here, according to the law of first mention, this is the first place where God said, I will bless you. And he even tells us how he's going to do it. And so when he told Abraham, I'm going I'm to bless you. I'm going to make you great. He, he, we now know how he's going to do that because of Genesis 1:28, when he said to, to, to the guys in the garden, when he said, okay, and the Lord blessed them and said, that's how God blessed. That's how he's going to position you to win or succeed. He's going to speak. See, a lot of us think that if God blesses us, he's going to give us cash. Right? But see, that ain't a blessing. Ask people who've won the lottery. Why? Because they end up in a position that they don't have the character to sustain, and the thing that they thought was going to help them ends up being the very thing that's going to kill them. Why? Because they don't know what to do with it. Why don't they know what to do with it? Because they haven't heard yet. How is God going to bless you? He's going to speak. Because his word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. His word will not return to him void without accomplishing the very purpose for what he sent it forth to accomplish. No word from God will ever fail. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. It, it, you know, his word, they're, they're, you know, if you receive his word, if you receive his word, you receive power. So here, here he is, and he's in the garden, and he said, you know what? Here, here's how we're going to make this sucker work. He said, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to speak to you. Now, now, think about it for just a minute, and you might, you might want to write the next few little things down because I'm getting really short on time, and I'm not going to get all the way through this. But you've you got to understand something. God put him in this position. He brought man into a, into a place of order, and that is where he spoke to him from. He didn't speak to him out in the wilderness. He was in the garden. And in that place of order, they would walk and talk. He, he would receive the word in a place of order. And I think it's really important that you understand this, that, that God wants to speak to you, okay? God, God wants you to hear because when, when he speaks and you hear, then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if you can hear God, your faith will rise. If you get faith, you can do what you couldn't do because all of a sudden you're being empowered by his word, right? So you get some things we need to understand about chaos, okay? Number one, chaos is created into the universe. It's just there. Um, you're not going to change it. Things left to themselves always bend back towards chaos. Uh, you know, uh, they lose energy. You roll a ball, it don't roll forever. You know, uh, you, will not, uh, you, you, will not, you will not go out uh, and, and you take, you know, take a drive outside of Tri-Cities and suddenly come across a, a beautiful manicured garden unless somebody has dealt with the chaos. Now, you have a beautiful garden, and you leave it alone. It won't be long till it's overtaken with chaos, right? So, so uh, we need to understand that chaos is built into the universe. Nothing left to itself moves itself towards order. 
Nothing left to itself. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, atrophy? Entropy. Entropy, right? And it's, it's where, you know, dude, if you leave it alone. Okay, listen. Children left on their own. Find mischief, okay? Money left to on its own, chaos, right, Gary? You know, hey, if, if you're not in financial peace and you're having money trouble, I don't. It, more money will not solve your poor spending habits. So chaos, it, it's just built into the universe. There's there's chaos, okay? So here's here's the next thing you want to write down is that since God has built chaos into the universe. Order does not occur randomly. You don't just walk out one day and poof, everything's in order. Uh, Why? Because God has built chaos into the universe. It is impossible for something of lesser order to by itself organize itself into something of higher order. That's why, see, that's why it is impossible. It is impossible. Possible for a single cell to begin to morph itself into something else and begin to swim around in the water and get tired of swimming in the water and pull itself out and start crawling on the ground and to crawl on the ground till it decides it's tired of that and it becomes a primate and it starts climbing into trees and it's sitting in the trees and it gets a little bored with that so it develops a rotating thumb and a working vocabulary. That's impossible. Why? Because nothing by itself will organize itself into a greater level of order. And since I know that God created chaos in the universe and that nothing will find order randomly, then I know this, write this down, that wherever there is order, force has been exercised over the chaos to bring that thing into order. So if you find order, then force has been exercised over the order to bring the chaos into order. And it's really, really important to get this because when you understand that where there is order, then force has been exercised over the chaos, then when you find something, place where force has been exercised, you begin to look for the force, the source of the force, if you will. You begin to look for that which was exercised over the chaos, and, and, you, and, and, and you begin to look up to that and to find that because that's going to give you insight as to how to overcome the chaos that you're dealing with. See, if there's chaos in your relationships, it's because, well, you haven't utilized the force that has the authority to bring that chaos into order. When God said to man in the garden, be fruitful, multiply, replenish it, and subdue it, the word subdue means to lean into the chaos and by force bring it into order. This is your role as a child of God that you can lean into the chaos and by force bring it into order. That's what it is to subdue. Now, what a lot of us have done, you know, it's what they did here, and, it, it, and it's why, uh, you know, it's why, uh, you know, all the way from the garden up 
through the flood and you would get to this place. See, when, when, when that now, when now God was speaking to Abram, is he sitting there and, and uh, you got these guys over here at Babel and they're building, they're building the tower and they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to make themselves, they're going to exalt themselves and they're going to get up and they got this heavenly idea and together, you know, and, and the guy that, the guy that was building the tower, his, his name is Nimrod. Nimrod, his name, it, it has two meanings. On one side, it means I will get up. And on the other side, it means you will get down. And in order for me to get up, I have to bring others in and I have to put them down. And, th- and what's interesting is you've got to understand that just because that, that's not just something that just happened, that's still happening. We're under the impression that if we, you know, in order for us to go up, you know, that we got to put other people down. In order for my boat to float, i got to poke holes in yours. You find out that God's getting us all back over here. What, what's he doing with Abraham? Because he's bringing him out of that system of chaos. He had to find a faithful, a fruitful man. And, and, and outside of him, man, I'm telling you what, the, the people jumped to base because instead of being fruitful, they just began to multiply. Just read Genesis chapter 6 and verse 7. And it even says, and at that time when, the, when, when man began to multiply. Well, if you multiply without being fruitful, all you can do is multiply your unfruitfulness. There's something here that you and I need to, need to wrap our heart and mind around, and, and that is, is that God wants us to know how to deal with chaos and how, where to find the source of the force that can bring our chaos into order. But you have to find a place of order to hear the voice of God. Telling you, you got to find a place of order so that you can hear the voice of God, and you need to you need to get yourself geared up because you're going to hear that word. That word's going to speak to you. See, here's the deal, and I'm going to start closing now. I love to close. Sometimes I do it like nine times. But uh, uh, okay, here's the deal. When 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 he, when he spoke to Abram and said, "I'm going to bless you," which okay, I'm going to bless you, and and by you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What we have to do is we have to understand that God wants us to position others to win or succeed, right? Because uh, that's what it means to all the families of the earth are going to be blessed by you. Well, how are you going to bless them? You, we're going to we're going to give them a house. Now, that's temporary relief. If, if you're going to be p- positioned to win or succeed, regardless of the circumstance, you're going to have to be receiving the word. Because that's how God blesses. That's how he positions you to win or succeed. That's how he empowers you. That's the source of the force for you. How are you going to deal with the challenges in your life? How are you going to deal with the chaos in your world? God's going to give you word. And that word is going to produce life. And, that, and I'm telling you, you're going to walk that thing out and you're going to begin to be fruitful in it. And as you're fruitful in it, guess what you get to do next? Now we get to begin to multiply, right? Because what God's doing in me, we begin that now. Now that word, the, you know, the source of the word and the word, or the source of the seed, the seed was the word of God and seed is a seed. And what do you do with seed? You put it in the ground and everything, this, it, man, it, every, it has everything it needs in order to multiply. God's getting ready to do something awesome in your life, but it ain't just about your life. It's going to end up, it's not only going to position you to win and succeed, but it's going to position you to reach up and, and reach back and pull others up so that they can win and succeed in their life too. This thing is bigger than you are by yourself. 
And, and, and I know you got chaos. I know you got challenges. I know you have struggles. But all you need, you don't need more money. You don't need a bigger house. You don't need a breakthrough, you, you know, on, on the job. You, you, you don't need a promotion. You don't need, you, you know what? You, what you need is to receive the word that he's speaking into your life. You got to receive it. If you receive the engrafted word of God, it has the power to save your bacon. My translation. You need the word of God. You need the word of God. I said, you need the word of God. So, you know what? Just close your book and bow, bow your head for just a minute. And some of us in the room tonight, let me tell you the words you, you, need, to, you need to start here. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will be saved. Okay? You, you got you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And, and uh, you know what we're going to do? We're all going to pray a prayer together before we leave here. And, and if you're in this place tonight and, and it's time and you're going, you know what? I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Maybe you've done this 20 times. Maybe you've never done it. Here's the question. Is it time for you to do it now? Is this a now moment. Now the word of the Lord came to you. Now the word is speaking to you. Your heart rates jumped up one or two beats. You know, you, you, you can sense God speaking to you. And now is the time for you to receive the, 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 uh, the, the force to bring that chaos into order. Now's the time. If that's you, well, nobody's looking around, won't, won't make you stand, won't call you out. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Tom, that's me. Well, I just want you to hold your hand up real quick and so I can agree with you in prayer tonight. I want you to say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. You can put them down. Anybody else, just lift your hand up and say, yeah, it's time, man. I need to get my life right with Jesus. I need to receive the word. I, I'm ready to let God's word produce life in me. So awesome. I want everybody in this place to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. Give me revelation. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, give the Lord a shout.